have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. You've got to say, I'm a human being, god damn it! Life has value! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is Reality Rants with Jason Burmes. Of course, I have weird technical issues because I forget to set up the custom RTMP over on the Rumble. But we're rumbling. Hopefully, yep, we're rumbling. We're rock finning. We're over on the YouTube. And Lori Lightfoot is dancing. She's dancing. Obviously, I had another story up. I was trying to go uh, to the Lightfoot dance here, which is cartoonishly over the top. I mean, take a look at this thing. I mean, <laughs> my broadcast lead today is a story where you got just an actor saying the obvious just the obvious just an obvious thing that everybody who is a coherently thinking sentient being knows they know it it's it's in the mix that that's what it is <laughs> and he's being vilified for it and it's this guy named uh forget what his first name is here Let, let's let's get to him right here uh zachary levi he's about my age too and you take a look at this guy and look i don't even want to read the headline because it's you know shazam star zachary levi 42 is slammed online for tweets agreeing that i see why do we have to even throw that in there well pfizer is a danger to the world just one month before a hundred million dollar superhero sequel is released now first of all I actually like the Shazam movie. It was actually pretty decent. Anybody anybody see? Not not the Black Adam one that just came out, which is meh, meh all the way around. It's kind of connected to Shazam. I'll be honest, I don't know all the lore. Um, but this guy right here, see, he's got the grays. My mind's, mine's kind of shaved out, but I assure you, as you've seen, when I do have hair like that, 
gray everywhere. I can't. I, that that's a much fiercer beard than I think that that I can get right there. You see Patch Adams in the bottom, but he says the obvious. He says hardcore agree. Do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? Now you agree with that. You agree with something so blatantly obvious, and you're vilified in the media. While what looks like a DC supervillain who runs an actual city that has actual crime skyrocketing through the roof. I mean, can you. <laughs> you got to have fun with it, right? You, you got to pull it back a little bit sometimes and you got to laugh because. It's beyond cartoon level, right? This what you're looking at right here is <laughs> this is the this is the remix of the year for me. I mean, she throws it down. She got the point. Meanwhile, just some dude my age that happens to be in Hollyweird and making movies that aren't half bad, right? says something that's so damn obvious for a million different reasons. Oh, oh, wait. You mean somebody with government contracts that absolves them of any wrongdoing criminally? That's a danger to the world? Really? And not only government contracts, but global contracts too? That's a danger to the world? Zachary Levi has been slammed online after he posted a critical tweet of the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer in the early hours of Sunday. Bum, bum, bum. The, the Shazam Fury of the God Star 42 set off the controversy after uh, he quote tweeted a post from an account espousing, uh -oh, I, I'm not even going to say that word, views that claim Pfizer was a real danger to the world. Ooh, ooh, he participated in some public wrong think. Ooh, ooh, bad, bad Levi. Levi, whose new DC Comics films is set to hit theaters on March 17th, wrote in his uh, retweet, hardcore agree. So again, you're in some semblance of sanity in the world you, you have your finger on on the pulse of what regular society actually thinks is going on you're critical of a multi-billion dollar company that has lost in court numerous times for multiple multiple egregious activities oh boy they're gonna throw you right under the bus son Although Levi was expressing a personal opinion, he is now a figure within Warner Brothers brand. Ooh, he's he's Warner Brothers. I mean, is Lori Lightfoot in Warner Brothers brand? Because if she's not, I mean, if Lori Lightfoot isn't the villain in the new Shazam uh, movie, they need to get to work with the CGI and the deep faking and just come on look at that yeah 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 uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that's that's the person that runs a city 
and the media holds water for. And this guy, who's in his 40s, just barely making it in Hollywood, finally has like a, a brand, right? I mean, the last movie was like 2019. That's forever ago. Made a, made a pretty decent movie with that. He's the one that's under controversy. And this latest move could mark the beginning of yet another publicity battle for the film and TV studio. Yeah, you're not worried about Ezra, Ezra Levant. And, you know, again, the, the, the weird transgender violent dude that's, that's on the art scene and has some questionable relationships with underage teenagers. That one, you'll hold water for that guy. And you'll hold water for Lori Lightfoot, but this guy we're going after. A danger to the world, hardcore agree. This is the latest embarrassing feat in a married issues and battled Warner um, has had in trying to promote films starring controversial characters. Oh, uh, he's, I love how he's behind American Underdog, because that's where we're at. How is this guy the American Underdog? Seriously, is he the American Underdog? He's stating what most of us believe is the obvious. <laughs> In fact, I've got a whole 13 and a half operation warp speed uh, video I want to play. Probably can't play it on this end. Probably can't play it on this end. I got a whole article up here, right here. Operation Warp Speed is using a CIA link contractor to keep you know what contract secret. This is Whitney Webb from October of 2020. I'm starting uh, One Nation Under Blackmail, uh, reading a few pages here and there before I go to bed at night. Very dense, as you would imagine, uh, and, and excellent so far, obviously. Um, Whitney Webb constantly knocking it out of the park. What a great book. And, and we're going to read part of that article as well. But that's going to have to be on the uncensored portion of the broadcast uh, via Red Voice Media, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up today. It's only uh, a buck for the first week, $10 a month or 100 for the year. And by the way, we've been reposting a lot of those second hours in particular over the weekend. I posted uh, two of my breakdowns of the uh, NASA document all the way up to, I think, a page uh 71 or, or no i'm sorry we, we only posted the breakdown and then we did a watch along with bushnell i did another one of those we'll probably release which is a breakdown up until 71 and then later this week perhaps we do uh 71 uh through the i, I think it's 111 so so we'll finish that up uh the document spot on from everywhere from every angle from every angle and i got a ton of different videos queued up I got some Bill Gates stuff that I'm going to want to go over. Uh, Bill Gates again asked about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. I just had dinner a couple times. Just a couple times some dinner. Now, Whitney Webb and others have reported and pointed out that there were mainstream reports pre-2000 that Epstein had made his money with the likes of people like Gates and Trump. I mean, we can all pretend that's not real, but I live in a place that is not imagination land. I live in a place where I can critically think and I can look at something like this. 
yeah, yeah. And I can I, I can realize that we live in a cartoon reality when, when the guy saying the real stuff right here, okay, the real stuff is vilified in the media. DC Studios, a division of Warner Brothers, is the film and television company that oversees the production of various films based on DC comics and material, most of uh, which kind of suck. And by the way, did I call uh, Ezra Miller, Ezra Levant? Ezra Levant is the Rebel media guy. Ezra Levant is great. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Recently, the company faced another embarrassing debacle relating to uh, its star Ezra Miller, who was due to appear in its $250 million super flick superhero flick the flash and and i mean they did spend a lot of money and they they scrapped that batgirl piece of garbage you know that and you know why they scrapped had to scrap it because it was probably terrible and worse than the other crap they've put out there they've barely been able to put out anything decent and, and i know they just got james gunn who has some questionable friends himself by the way james gunn does and it said some questionable things right james gunn Got cracking jokes about breaking his daughter in. You think I'm in a priest outfit, by the way. Now you don't believe me? And and having a, a really, really sleazy friend uh hooked into the uh the CP scene and also the Hollyweird scene, who did get picked up on charges. So and and listen, I like the Gardens of the Galaxy movies. I I, I hope that's as far as it goes. Had some really nasty uh, tweets, that guy. But that's the guy that actually makes decent entertainment, like the suicide, the latest Suicide Squad movie for DC when they failed again and again and again and again and again. Okay? And, and by the way, all the things going with Miller, he pleaded guilty to an unlawful trespassing charge. Oh. Oh. I mean, that, that's barely anything. Anything. So, uh, once again, the guy says the obvious. Uh, I, I, uh, I am obviously on this dude's side. I think that he's done a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. I think it's something to be celebrated, right? And we shouldn't be gaslit into believing that's not what the vast majority of us actually feel and think. At least the thinking ones. All right, so I want to move on to, um, I guess, the story of the day. And by the way, uh, we got 172 watching. Could we get 100 thumbs up? And, and you know what? I, I should caveat this a little bit because I, I haven't even discussed uh, the, the directed evolution thing, right? First of all, we've been talking about directed evolution on this show for years. For year, I've actually put the idea of directed evolution of this species and the rest of the species on the planet in my presentations at the Reawaken America tour. Okay. So when you have a, a, a low level, uh, I think he was like a director, some court kind of a pseudo executive. Again, I don't work for Pfizer. I don't want to work for Pfizer sitting there on a date being filmed by Veritas, trying to impress somebody, etc., And talking about this, he's telling you reality. He's telling you the real deal. All right. Now, is he up to the top? No, but he's obviously at a level where he gets to, to read the notes. 
and, and what the talking points will eventually be if they ever get caught, which they did, which no one seems to be reporting on. <laughs> which no one seems, other than the Twitter sphere and, you know, in the mainstream, only on Fox News, which isn't a good thing. Which isn't a good thing. I'm going to say it again, and I've said it before. And, and I saw the Tuckins jump on this, but but it's so true. There is zero reason that we should be allowing pharmaceutical companies to advertise on television or in newspaper anywhere. They they don't need to advertise. They're supposed to be medicine. They're supposed to be something that a doctor prescribes you, okay, after you go in for an exam and you get a prognosis. This for-profit medicine shit has to go. You want, you want to know why everybody's so unhappy? All right? I mean, so zombified. Look no further. You know, you had a certain level of programming in the generation prior to mine. All right? You had a certain level. I mean, always. The, these tools are always going to be utilized by those in power, and what, what do I mean by tools? Psychological warfare tools, which repackaged, rebranded, are public relations. Psychological warfare and public relations, and they've been constantly used and utilized. And, and somewhere in there, in that 80s moment, into the 90s, all of a sudden it was just normalized that we could advertise these type of drugs on television. You know, as far as television for me, the, the most we saw was don't do drugs. I learned it by watching you. I learned it by watching you, which in itself has its problems, right? For the most part, creating a narc society on your parents, one. Two, uh, you know, demonizing marijuana as, uh, you know, one of these other types of substance, substances and calling it a gateway drug. Never, never been a, a, a gateway drug for myself. You know, I was never like, you know what, I, re I'm, I like this. And it's not like I haven't tried anything else, but I'm going to jump into that and I'm going to love that. It's just not the way it works. Okay. So. In that idea of, of rebranding and psychological warfare and moving on from, you know, the big pharma story. And again, until we get these things off television, I mean, we're going to have stories like that where a common sense thing is said by somebody and they're vilified everywhere. Hey, he probably, he'll probably lose his job. That, that movie might get pulled. And again, Shazam was decent. And everything DC's done is far as solo movies outside the Batman series, fun movie, had a good fun ending with Henry Cavill as, as Superman. Don't worry, it's kind of a spoiler, but it's it's like a, a throwaway scene at the end. Fun movie. Let's take the fun out of everything. And speaking of taking the fun out of everything, I'm watching MSNBC last night because I watch them all, guys. Now, I don't want anybody just to think it's just me and Fox News. No, CNN International, MSNBC, Bloomberg, CNBC, Vice. I watch them all. 
So the Mehdi Hassan show comes on. Mehdi Hassan. Ooh. You know, he's <laughs> he's so authoritative. Oh. And they're talking about this police brutality story that's everywhere in the media that in, in some cases, you know, I'd say conservative media blew up and overblow blew the fact that there were going to be cities that burned down, et cetera. There was some small rioting in New York City. Sucks. Re, uh, re, really shitty look. Don't get me wrong. But thankfully, it wasn't we saw it, it wasn't what we saw in, in some of the places during the summer of love, you know, in Seattle and otherwise. Not even close. And good. Because the idea that race had anything to do with this, anything to do with this, other uh, other than this, what I, what I will say, that the cops themselves thinking that they would be able to absolve themselves, even if they were black. And, and, you know, people can come down on me all they want for that. But quite frankly, you think about this unit that, number one, is a plainclothes undercover unit. Anytime I see something like this, I, I always think back to like the shield because we associate things with Hollywood and television shows. But if you've never seen the shield, um, the shield is one of my favorite, if not my favorite cop shows of all time, of all time, because it shows you uh, the evolution of what is otherwise, you know, basically mostly straight laced cops that have known each other that form this unit. And this unit is now not under the scrutiny or oversight of the police department as much as it used to be. And it, it just spirals out of control. Why? Because power, as you get it, right? It, it tends to corrupt people more and more and more. And that video is tough to watch, man. And I don't like it. I've I think I talked about it last week. Just like I don't like watching that Ashley Babbitt video, I don't like watching that. I don't like watching somebody cry for their mother, period, at all. Not, not, not even a little bit. So, and by the way, I think that, you know, the aftermath and kind of the arrogance of the way that, the, you know, the cops are kind of talking and, just, and, and dismissive and how they're really not worried about outcome and a guy's sitting there bleeding and, and just like, it's over dark dark stuff a hundred percent but to, to say that has to do with systemic racism makes me want to vomit and Mehdi Hassan did like a whole like 15 minute segment open with this and he quoted Van Jones who you know again CNN put it out there it's the headline the cutout that you're seeing on, on your social media about like, hey, whoa, 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 this thing could have still been racist. Even though you had, you had a really ar articulate um, female, I think she was a black police officer, talking about how this had nothing to do with race. And by the way, the, these guys were immediately reprimanded and they're being charged, which they should be. That is the kind of accountability that we need. I, mean, I wanna see, again, from the beginning, because they're acting like this guy was either driving recklessly or something like that. Before I break out all my jump to conclusions, Matt, but everything I saw, the right moves have now been made. 
and it didn't have anything to do with race, and especially what Mehdi Hassan quoted. Okay, Mehdi Hassan. So they they play, uh, or I'm sorry, he read uh, NWA lyric by Ice Cube from F the Police, classic, big NWA fan right here. In fact, back in the day, back in the day in my day of the CD, when I used to go over uh, across the street and a lot of the, the head shops, you know, you know, the water pipe stores, smoke shops, they'd have used video games and they'd have used CDs. And I, I had such a collection of used CDs. And while I was in college and just kind of discovering decent rap after discovering Wu-Tang Clan, right? Because that's really where I, I fell in love with a little bit of hip, hippity hoppity. That album's there. And everybody knew the F the Police song, Anyone Way, and they had like a commercial hit with Express Yourself, but so many great songs on that. On that song in particular, there's there's a line where black police showing out for the white cop. All right, basically Uncle Tom police officer. So that didn't happen here either. <laughs> There was no white cop to show out for, Mehdi. Like, why can't we just acknowledge that, number one, if you give somebody a gun and a badge and authority over other people, there's a chance, okay, there's a chance that that might go sour. Not everybody's in it to do the right thing. People change, people become accustomed to things, people get absorbed into situations. The more corrupt the area, the more apt that the police themselves. I mean, look at our political system. It, it's it's filled with some of the most greedy, egregious, corrupt people at the top. At the top, look who they just put in as mayor of New York City. Eric Adams. That guy's not corrupt. That guy didn't lie to everybody's face. Come on now. Come on now. So, you know, when we're talking about something systemic, uh, the only systemic thing I see is the ability for power to corrupt individuals and the inability to regulate those things when you have less and less oversight. So, so again, especially on that, it's, it's, a, it's a horrific thing that it happened. I don't think race has anything to do with it. I think people like Mehdi Hassan are, you know, disgusting for even implying it. And, uh, you, you know, I, I I, I I hope that there is some semblance of sanity that if you could talk to somebody on the left, especially me, because like, look, I'm, I'm not holding water. I, I don't talk about back in the blue or any of that stuff. I know we need law enforcement, period. Like, I, I'm not under the illusion. And that's the thing. He ends it with this whole defund the police thing. So literally ends it with defunding the police because they disbanded the unit and defunded it. That's great. It's not the same thing. When people are actually talking about defunding the police, I hate to tell you that's a fast track for robots. That's a fast track for automation. 
You you want, believe me, no matter how corrupt it gets, you want a human being. You do. You want a full-on, real deal human being. You want something with a thing called empathy. Because robots, I mean, they can't even real, really be apathetic because they're just programmed. Okay, they, they, they're 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 uh emotionally neutral. I don't care. It's a robot. And every time you hear about this, defund the police. First of all, they want to they want to create chaos. They want to have somebody like a Lori Lightfoot in there. Just yeah, oh yeah. Oh, come on, one more time. Every time, every time I see it, yes. Go Lori. Go Lori. It's early. It's early. But I mean, man, I see, I see that stuff and I'm just, I'm blown away. Blown away. So uh, that brings me to the other big story of the day that I haven't really covered uh, at any kind of length. And that is the Paul Pelosi story. Okay. So now that we have apparently video of DePape uh, breaking in from the side, looks like with the hammer that is being wielded in the video, um, you know, I still have a, a couple of questions. But what did I take away now that I've listened to more of the audio? More of the audio has been released with a 911 call. And then um, watching, obviously, the video we've all seen. Okay. So let's let's start it with the idea that we, we cover the fact that DePape was probably mentally insane, right? Even back in the day when it first came out and I talked, talked about the fact that I had actually met uh, apparently his ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance, Gypsy Taub, way back in the day. And everything there mentally seemed a bit off. Okay, so at least from what I see in that video, and apparently he called up some radio show and apologized for not taking out more people or doing a better job. The guy seems completely and totally mentally insane. Let me start there. Completely and totally mentally. And from, from the moment that door opens, you look at his face, he looks like a crazy person. And by the way, both hands are on the one hammer. So next thing I've been taken away from after listening to the videotape and then just seeing the altercation, you know, in the audio tape now, when he's talking about, he says he's a friend, there's more context to that. Uh, DePape is in the background telling him he's a friend, but at the same time, he says he doesn't know him. Paul Pelosi seems very confused. Now, there's only so much confusion that's going to be if you awaken in the middle of the night. Perhaps he was on pills, too. I, I don't know. It's pill country. But but for me, what I'm taking away from most of it is that Paul Pelosi is, is probably degrading mentally. Like, he seems like, at least on the phone and then what's going on, he, you know, he seems like he's enough, he's with it enough that he knows he doesn't want to get hit in the head with a hammer. And he's got the hand on the hammer and whatever DePape has said to him off, off, uh, off the phone, who knows, right? But he's also in a pajama shirt and he seems to be 
in, uh, you know, boxers. Nothing seems off there. It's probably, you know, personally, I, I, I don't, I would never wear like long sleeve shirts to bed. I, I get really hot, but boxers that the papes fully clothed, all this innuendo of them, you know, being, you know, secretly involved intimately seems to be totally off. Doesn't seem to be real at all. Now, if you get to the idea that Pelosi isn't really there, looks like he's on, on the verge of dementia, got to wonder how he's making those stock trades. Now, I know there's been all sorts of allusions to insider trading and then giving the information to uh, her husband and the Pelosi's, you know, obviously, again, if you're a common sense person, that seems to be what's going on. But this would just further reiterate that if Paul Pelosi doesn't know that a man with a hammer in his home isn't his friend. And, and he's talking about waiting a long time because uh, Nancy's not going to be back for two days. She's not going to be back for a couple of days. He's really calm throughout the, the thing, too. There seems to be uh, no elevation of his voice in, in any of the uh, phone calls, even when they show up to the door. Very bizarre. So th there is still one question I have. And th this is somebody who slowed this down. And I I'm going to have to take a look at the um, actual footage myself. And go break it down. But let's make that fully clear. In some initial reports, and if you, you again, that that could be angling. I, 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 that could just be the angle of, of the thing. I have no idea whether or not that's showing that there is an actual extra person there. In the initial reports, there was a third person there. Now, from what we've seen, like you can see right there, they both have the hand on the hammer. There's only one hammer. The guy looks crazed from the very beginning. Um, there doesn't seem to be anybody that you can see in the crack of the door as it swings open. You know, there is that little crack. But is there somebody that's right behind here? I don't know. And, and if so, what does that mean? Because we've seen the video of DePape smashing uh, the side door. We've now seen uh, at least, you know, the the... The, the entire altercation that the police see in the very beginning. And if that is a person behind them, uh, there's no indication of it from what we've seen of the body cam footage where things get out of control quickly. And this guy tries to murder Paul Pelosi. Pier takes a hammer and just strikes the dude down. It's scary. It, it, it shows you that crazy exists. That guy's a crazy person. You're not going to be able to tell me anything, any, anything different from the initial reports where you saw it. Yeah. You, you had to think that, you know, he was some kind of crazy person. Of course, they always try spinning it. Q and nonsense. Uh, MAGA trumples. Who knows what that guy thinks? Who knows? I mean, he, he's, assaulting people with hammers in front of police officers. Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, I, I mean, it looks like the papes going to prison for a very long time, period. So again, 
Was there a third person? There was those reports of a third person. Does the video show there was a third person? I don't know. I'd want to see more of the uh, police footage because obviously after that altercation, the ambulances are coming. If there is a person right there, uh, that one of the police officers is going to encounter them. If there is another person there, you would think that they would be used uh, to testify. So they could also, you know, they, they whenever you have somebody who does something like this, you pile on the evidence. That's all I'm saying. But but it got, again, a lot of the people that were cracking, like lover, all that stuff, not there, not real. Doesn't seem to be real at all. And, and, and I'd love to see people own up to that. You know, it's just like I'm seeing a ton of stuff on DeMar Hamlin all over my timeline. People are tagging me in this or tagging me in that. And you notice we barely covered it other other than the fact that it was, you know, obviously and someone reported it live on air. You know, obvi the obvious questions should be asked. But now there's a whole thing and we're getting into the realm of, you know, deep fakes and the sixth day. What, what, Jason, what do you mean the sixth day? You remember the old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, kind of tail end of his action career, right? People had stopped, you know, bucking up to just go see Arnie, take down the bad guys with some quips, one-liners, and big guns. And it was an interesting story. And basically, it begins at the XFL, right? Because the XFL in the future has taken off. And I think it was like the the one year back then that the XFL they were trying to launch. That's how far back this is. I know that I think Vince tried to do it again and, and, and failed. But opening scene, quarterback gets killed on the field. Kill, kill, breaks his neck, gets killed on the field. And taken to the next level, they've got cloning technology, the likes of which I don't believe actually exists. Who knows? But... Basically, this idea that you can fully gestate a human being and not only fully gestate a human being, clone their consciousness or mind, and that's what they're trying to sell you on, and recreate that person. So big football star, they need to make their money. It's just kind of alluded to he dies and then they bring the clone out. All right. I don't think we live anywhere near there. Now, where do we live? We do live in total, or not total recall, uh, The Running Man, where deep fakes are a total reality. And that it, it, it is now time to really question what you see. And there's so many people out there that are just speculating that this latest uh, video is, is some kind of a deep fake and it uses uh, VOCO. And look, we've reported on those technologies, even in real time. Uh, years and years and years ago, even Adobe was kind of involved in that technology. It's gotten a lot better, right? I'm not going to deny it. And I think that we are in that level. Every time I, I watch that film, it always I always get a little smirkle on my face when I see Geraldo Rivera in the beginning. Old Geraldo. Always wanted to be a star, eh, Geraldo? So Geraldo Rivera in The Running Man is basically portrayed as an individual that won the game because, you know, in the future, it wasn't it kind of like riding right right along those American gladiators lines. Only it died. Right. But there is like this one group that somehow beat these guys, beat the gladiators that were killing you. 
and Geraldo Rivera is part of that group and it's vacation time and all the prizes and blah, 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 blah. And really, they're not even showing uh, stock footage. They got deep fake tech, right? And then when uh, the Schwarzenegger character starts getting out of control and just killing everybody, they need a better narrative. So they they bring back Jesse Ventura. It's kind of like this ultimate warrior hero guy, like you know, draped in everything America. And uh, he kills some poor sap. <laughs> that in real time looks like Schwarzenegger. Now, do we have that technology to do it in real time that well right now? Maybe not. Maybe not in real time. Uh, when you get to AI and you get to programming, there are certain things that can happen via software glitches or repetition that you can look for, reused frames, uh, certainly when you, when you look at these things critically, maybe you can tell, maybe you can tell. And a lot of this stuff is obviously not developed in real time. It is, uh, highly rendered and done after the fact. Do I think that's what's going on with Damar Hamlin? I don't, I don't, I think, I think the guy survived it. I do. Now, you uh, there's going to be all sorts of speculation, but anytime I see something like that go super mega viral too, mm, I, I back up. I back up real quick because that means the algorithm's promoting it. That means there is a certain uh, sect of the population that is buying into it. And I've seen people buy into garbage hysterics before. Does nobody any favors. In fact, Unfortunately, I feel like garbage hysterics or garbage hopium is really, yeah, it, it's what's elevated via the alg algorithm. It's happening, right? I, I seriously, it, it's what gets promoted. Uh, people want to buy into that stuff. I try not to. All right, so I got some other stories. We got some other stories I want to go over, huh? Huh? When we talk about Hollyweird, okay? And we talk about entertainment, and we talk about this platform on YouTube. Jesse Waters. Now, I'm not going to hold any water for Waters. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But the idea that you pay YouTube TV like it's your cable network and they're constantly trying to get you to go premium and there's I'm constantly getting offers this and that because cable's gone up so much for any kind of package that most people just get the internet and they do the stream stream you're really you know I hate using the term boomer but you're beyond boomer at this point if you got a cable box and DVR and the whole nine I mean I can't tell you Trying to think, but but we're probably a good decade, maybe even a decade and a half from the last time I I decided to get cable at all, at all, like not even a thing. It's it's got to be it's got to be that long. But now, when you're getting warnings, you know it's not just the in context, it's not just the censorship on their private platform, which isn't private at all. 
They're warning. Consider before watching. The following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive for some audiences. Now, how many violent fight videos? World Star are going to have that. Hmm? I mean, seriously, how many of those videos are going to have that? How many inappropriate things targeted at your kids via drag culture or even mainstream cartoons are going to have that? Probably none. Probably none. Seriously. Like, for let me just give you a couple, a couple things, things that I like. All right. You're watching YouTube TV. It's two in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Okay. Uh, the, the reason I say that is um, my nieces, actually, they get out for some reason ever since uh, the, the post last three years. They got a half day on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, it's the weirdest thing in the world, but they're home at two. And they're going through something like Comedy Central, Viacom, Paramount, et cetera, all, all own that. And I believe Wednesday, it's all day South Park. I, and I love South Park. Okay. But am I going to get a warning to consider this before watching? If I have a family account for my YouTube? Of course not. Would I want a 9, 10, 11-year-old, maybe even 12-year-old to watch South Park? Maybe even like young teenager? Probably not. Probably not. Like I, I became aware of it right at the tail end of high school because that's when it was coming in. But, but like you're going to warn me about a news show. I mean, am I getting this with Mehdi Hassan or Joe Scarborough that had a dead intern found in his office? Remember that, Joe? Hmm? Sometimes I know those things happen, right, Joe? Right, hmm, Joe? <laughs> so it just, again, we're, we're here in cartoon land. We're, we're here in a world where, oh, they changed it. It's too bad. I really wanted that, Laura. So we're going to have to scroll around down anymore. There we go. And now we just get a screenshot. Not the same. I'm glad we were able to do it live. See, if we if we went live later, would we have been able to watch the Lori Lightfoot dance along as much? Right? No. No, we haven't. So uh, moving on. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Pfizer has always, always been a criminal enterprise with zero regard for human life. We tried to tell you the whole time. Please stop pretending this is all new information. All right. And we got this little here. All right. You, you look at this. Uh, penalty total since 2000. You, you, do you see this number here? That's 10 billion plus. That's 10 billion plus. <laughs> Just. And quite frankly, it's not enough. Where are the criminal charges of these people? Where are they? Come on. Let's get to it. Musk's gateway to Mars. All you need to know about Elon's $2.4 billion, 390-foot uh, tall starship designed to ferry 100 people to the red planet ahead of its maiden launch within weeks. I can't tell you how ridiculous and fictitious this entire thing is. 
it's it's beyond ridiculous and fictitious first of all right now with what we've seen via you know the the low earth orbit stuff inspiration four remember that one or what they did with uh, blue origin and sending william shatner and the gang up those are spots basically set up for four or five people where everything is basically automated with the rocket and the vessel that's coming down from the rocket of which it's not attached it's not a starship starship that's ridiculous all right these are rockets that have like basically little pod modules on them and the pod module comes down that's reality okay starships with a hundred people to the red planet now when you read something like this maiden voyage and again take a look at it right so the top end is supposed to be the starship guys <laughs> they're not sending a hundred human beings to mars in our lifetime that's not reality at all at all and you know i got sent this last night uh by netgain and i'm not sure if netgain currently has a youtube channel up or not maybe their second or third one uh, if they do, I need to, I need to find it. In fact, I need to communicate with that person because so many of the awesome clips that we've played on the show that you may never have seen anywhere else because no one else plays them with the Hudson Institute, um, with uh, population uh, control and the limits of growth and all those things. I find them raw on NetGain's uh, feed. And NetGain sent me another Fire 2018 uh, Bushnell Roundtable uh, called the new horizons in space and what i think is, is really telling about the new horizons in space is what i've been telling you is that in order to go beyond low earth orbit or spend long periods of time in space you basically have to quote unquote space hardened humans because space is a dangerous place for human beings they don't do so well and, and bushnell's very open about it and lays it out in fact so we're, we're gonna go to that clip right now let's let, let's uh see if we can do that right about now okay we do it live thumbs it up subscribe and share everybody remember we're gonna be going full premium in about 10 minutes okay 10 minutes from now come on over to redvoicemedia.com jason uh sign up for ten dollars for the month or lock it in for a hundred bucks for the year. It helps support the broadcast. The other links are down below to help support the broadcast. And today, yeah, another, you, you like the free stuff that I've been uh, publishing over the weekend that was premium. Every single day we do a broadcast Monday through Thursday. Guess what? Another premium hour goes free over at redvoicemedia.com. Every time we give it all away. So you can find that stuff in full over at RVM, share the links, Without further ado, here's Dennis Bushnell coming in hot, telling you about space hardening humans. A proponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of NASA, let's let's turn to Dennis. Um, Dennis, um, 
going to the moon? Yeah. Uh, the moon is a place where we can devel some of the things I'm going to discuss. Uh, what I'd like to do now is briefly go through in a little bit more detail some of the stuff I discussed last night, particularly you know, the human health and space issues, which are really a stopper to all this. Look, we're making progress, but it's not going to be cheap. But so, so again, he tells you the humans in space, that's really a stopper because uh, health and space ain't big for human beings. But Musk is enabling us to do it with this factor of 14, cheaper space access, and making Mars the Walmart for the inner solar system. So, so, so you know, by the way, if you watch this, Bushnell looks up almost no times. He's sitting there reading through his talking points. Uh, he's got his pen out. He's underlining things. He's getting ready for his prepared statements and what he wants to talk about. First, the health issues. The effects on radiation are carcinogenesis, DNA damage, immune system degeneration, cardiovascular damage, neurological damage, and digestive system damage. The effects of microgravity are skeletal, musculature, uh, DNA damage, immune system degeneration, cardiovascular, neurological, eyes especially, and liver damage. The dust in the moon Mars, particularly Mars, Mars dust has 10,000 times the perchlorates that you have on Earth, and that takes down your thyroid flat. Uh, so you have to stay away from the dust and you have to keep it out of the hab and so forth and so on. Uh, the Mars, Mars and moon dust is small, sharp, oxidative, severe respiratory and cardiopulmonary effects. Uh, the current sit rep with respect to human health is that we've been putting since the early OOs uh, uh, people up on station for six months, and that's about what humans can take. So let's talk about that. Right there, he's talking about the ISS and prolonged time in, in Earth's orbit. And he's saying six months, he's about to talk about Scott Kelly. Uh, did Kelly win his race, by the way? Uh, I think he was running for Senate. You know, politician Scott Kelly, ex-astronaut. Talks about how Kelly did not do well after a year up there. With residual effects on the eyes and some others when they come back. Kelly went up for one year and said, no, 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 this is far worse. Uh, Kelly came back. His skin had not been touched much in a year. The skin degenerated into inflamed neurons, really painful to walk and so forth. Took him quite a while to get better. So Mars, which is a three-year, if we go chemical, needs artificial gravity, some think, and also three plus meters of polyethylene as an overcoat to protect from radiation. And that overcoat, which is reusable, uh, would uh, weigh just about as much as the rest of the spacecraft. So we need much more fuel to push it there and back. And that's where the factor of 14 cheaper mass and low Earth orbit comes from. Uh, on the moon and Mars, you'd have to live under three, no, four meters of regolith or ice. Uh, as I said last night, this nuke battery driving Vasimir at 6,000 seconds of ISP, we can do Mars round trip in uh, 200 days, fast transits, and that's like six months on station. So what he's talking about there doesn't involve human beings, by the way. And, and notice he's talking about nuclear and those type of propulsion systems. If you look up Bushnell, he's got a lot of patents. Got a lot of patents. 
humans to keep them picking warm and because their equipage is not reducing in size and weight much. Everything in space is miniaturizing, all right? The problem is the humans are not. So all of their equipage scales mainly with their size and therefore humans cost a factor of at least 500 times more than autonomous robotics. Now, this is what I've been discussing forever. We're sitting here, we're talking about, we're sending a hundred people. We got a starship. And he's telling you, this is in 2018, that everything's getting smaller. What do we talk about here? Talk about nanosensors, talk about swarm drones, right? We talk about nanosats and cube satellites. We talk about separate propulsion systems. We talk about printable rockets. Talk about reality where technology actually is and how all these things are getting smaller, right? And he even discusses that the first things that will actually go to Mars and survey it on a large scale, you know, despite what you think about rovers or whatever programs have been there, once they do that, it's gonna be nanobots and they'll bring the information back. And then you can go to Mars virtually. You can all go to virtual Mars in our little metaverse which is going to be getting so much better than a headset. You know, five cents um, reality. Now, in, in virtual Mars, you probably don't have to worry about all these environmental issues that Dennis is talking about that make it essentially impossible for human beings to live there. Just saying. Just want to point that out. Let's go back to Dennis. So the bottom line is with respect to humans in space. AI is getting much better or uh, the capability to machine ideas coming along. The robotics going forward will be both less expensive and possibly more capable than humans with respect to commercial space. What is a separate issue is Mars colonization to hedge the bets to the human species from the odd asteroid impact. This is not a commercial space issue. This is a let's save the species issue. Let's save the species. I actually had a conversation with uh, Clay Clark yesterday. He called me. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Vegas event. That's like seven months from now. It's in August. It's the anti-Davos event, apparently. It's, uh, that, it's the opposite of that crowd. And Clay cracked a joke to me about the asteroid coming, you know, before the asteroid hits the Earth. And I go, dude, that's like beyond fiction and that's that's where we're at with this idea of alien invasions or any of it and musk is a part of that too he's talking about saving the species here they're talking about what a weapon system that can destroy any kind of incoming asteroids and they can land things on the asteroids and then they blast the asteroid and they redirect the asteroid it's like armageddon on steroids and it's a DART program. And my biggest fear is if something like that were to threaten us, number one, I think that we already have the technology to probably take it out beyond DART. All right. I think the Star Wars program, although it's focused in, it's probably also focused out, especially where we're at in 2023. But I also fear that you could have a, a different type of weapon system, like a blast wave accelerator that we know about, or something else that would be stealth that you would blame on an asteroid strike. And most people would not even question it. All right, guys, here's the deal. I'm gonna give the cue to the producer um, as we move over to the premium section. 
uh, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Remember, you can listen to the rest of the broadcast for free over at Podbean. Just look up the Info Warrior. We're streaming live now. The premium uh, broadcast from two weeks ago will also be live on Red Voice, and we're going to say goodbye one at a time as we gear up for the second hour. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing some Bill Gates stuff. Uh, plenty to come over on Reality Rants with Jason Burmis, and that's why Rockfin, consider coming over to Red Voice. And YouTube, you know the deal. We did it big, YouTube. Thumbs it up, subscribe, and share on the way out. And uh, go uh, go down below for all the links. Uh, Twitter, you know you, you know it. And uh, last but not least, Rumble. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, we are rocking and rolling. I'm gonna let uh, Dennis continue to speak here about Mars and saving the planet from asteroids and space hardening humans. Dun dun dun. Uh, Mars will probably be colonized. Mars can be colonized now, as I'll indicate. We're working on biological countermeasures uh, to reduce the health effects, uh, particularly for radiation. And we're making some progress on this. Uh, there's no reason why with uh, the bio business and some time on Mars, humans couldn't evolve into Martians, the ones that survived. Oh, there it is right there. Directed evolution. You know, with the new bio market, we'll be able to genomically create, you know, these species that are kind of humans. And the ones that survive, there's no reason that we can't mutate and evolve to live on the red planet. Uh, but the return to Earth would be TBD. The cartoons of astronauts and holy radiation ineffective spacesuits wandering around outside playing golf and other things and living in thin surface halves that are not radiation protective are just not accurate. You know, you, you know you've all seen uh, the cartoons on this stuff. All right, making Mars the Walmart for the inner solar system. We could colonize Mars, Moon, the upper surface of Venus, the upper atmosphere of Venus, and the poles of Mercury along with Titan, uh, which is a moon of Saturn and has an absolutely magnificent, thick uh, hydrocarbon atmosphere. The supplies, equipage, finished products, and resources to do all of this are essentially available uh, by in-situ resource utilization on Mars and could produce, be produced pre-human arrival by autonomous robotics and running where the coffee is parking before the humans leave Earth. So once again, what do I keep telling you? Over and over and over and over again, it's the nanobots they're the ones that are going there. And then there's these promises that we're going to the moon and we're going to colonize Mars and Mars is going to be the Walmart, the solar system. We're going to be on the moons of Venus. You know, after we genomically change the species and the ones that survived. That, yeah, they're, they're projecting this as though this is like near future and the public has been so, so prepped through Hollyweird propaganda, a lot of people buy into the Johnny nonsense. Mars has huge amounts of water in ice lakes, the size of Lake Huron and twice as deep. There's ice in the, in the right lake, you just microwave it, 
and uh, a lot of ice, uh, ice chemically bound, a lot of water chemically bound, enough, as I said last night, to put a very deep ocean on the whole bloody planet. From the atmosphere, you cool the surface, you precipitate out CO2, so you have H, O, and C, which means you not only have all the fuels you want, methane and hydrogen oxygen. You mean that evil methane that we need to take care of here on Earth? Methane. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Did you talk about CO2? Don't we need to become carbon neutral? Aren't we? Don't we have to get to net zero, Dennis? I mean, you're a big advocate for that here on the planet, but somewhere else, no, it's going to be totally different. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. But all the plastics that you want, and we can now make just about anything the humans would need, whether it's rovers, whether it's furniture, whether it's it's anything, okay, from you know plastics, and 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 the atmosphere actually has some nitrogen in it for breathing. There's at least 20 minerals in the Martian regolith, including a lot of magnesium, and so we can use magnesium CO2 rockets for transportation. The Martian topography is not thought to be conducive to on-surface transport to any appreciable distance. The energy we'll use is either terrestrial or space solar and also fission nukes. There's excellent ongoing bio, said bio research for biomining, biofood, biomaterials, bioplastics and composites. And this is advancing very well. So we term all of this ISRU, in situ resource utilization. And we have, since we've worked this seriously the last, since 14, changed within the agency, NASA, ISRU, from a hobby shop into Earth Independence, yes, we can do it. Earth Independence, yes, we can do it. <laughs> Dennis the Salesman. Okay. Uh, and uh, the resources and tech to do this are essentially there. Uh, it's becoming both more affordable and safer as we go through this Martian colonization. Martian colonization. Dennis Bushnell. There he is, folks. All right. Um, you know, speaking of Hollyweird propaganda and talking about Pfizer and Big Pharma, and obviously we were talking about some hate and lies shots, uh, we can't help but notice that George Clooney, uh, establishment mouthpiece, is uh, terrible for this. As a filmmaker, do you support mandatory vaccines on the I support mandatory vaccines, period. I think every company should do it. I, you know, listen, I don't care. It, to me, it's really simple. We can look out for one another and take care of one another, but we cannot. See, you know, I am trying to look out for one another and take care of people by telling them not to inject a Defense Department driven bioweapon repeatedly into their system, George. See, but, but my my living uh, doesn't coincide with CIA and military films like Syriana, like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Three Kings, Monument Men, Thin Red Line, The Good German, The Peacemaker. I'm not an action star. So when I want to take care of people, I don't want them to inject things into their body that could harm them. When you want to protect people, you want to protect them from the truth on behalf of a 
large company that has repeatedly hurt people and a defense department that has repeatedly lied to people as they've committed mass genocide. Thank you so much, George. Really appreciate that clune, the clune clune. And, and look, I, I've tried to gracefully with my hair and graying go full clooning, but if, if my hair as I whiten uh, affects my brain in this manner, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm trying to take mandatory vaccines, period. Gross, gross. Yes, you are. As we did with polio, as we do with measles and mumps and everything else on the kidney space. We'll get there. It'll take some time. Just to continue on what you were just saying about vaccines, yeah. do you feel any backlash from the anti-vaccines? And does that ever bother you in any circumstances? No, because the truth of the matter is, um, yeah, I, just, I was listening to a podcast the other day about the polo vaccine, which they screwed up when they first put out, which I didn't remember. I didn't know. I was too young. Um, one factory actually ended up giving a bunch of kids polio and killing them because they weren't filtering out the formaldehyde. Um, we haven't had any of those problems with the vaccine. It's been a pretty successful rollout. Um, totally not true. And by the way, uh, with the formaldehyde issue, yeah, that, that's a big issue. How about the SV40, George? How, well, and we'll do it live here. How about the SV40? Well, we'll just type it in. SV40. Okay, polio vaccine. How about the oral polio vaccines from the Gates Foundation um, that was giving people polio? So yeah, uh, SV40 contamination of polio vaccine and cancer, PubMed, simian virus 40, cancer risk associated with it. Okay, you know, main line. Oh, is that a successful rollout giving people cancer? Is that good? You know, no one talks about SV40. They need to. And but the clune, he's clooning. Old clune clune. Let's go back to Clooney. Let's find some clunage. So clune wrap up. Clune clune. And there were lots of skeptics then, and it took a few years, a couple three years, to get their act together. That's what's going to happen here. We'll get our act together, and we'll get it done. We have to because that's how we get out of this. That's how we get out of this. We don't treat it. We essentially allow Big Pharma and the Defense Department to do with whatever they like with our bodies. Thanks, Clooney. Thanks, Clunage. Washington Post makes editorial decision to give Bill Gates to play expert on public health. And the Post asked me to pay subscribe to read the Gates op-ed. One of those weird moments that makes modern media feel so unmoored. Uh, on Moraid, and um, basically, you know, I still, you, you can find it. You, the Wayback Machine has the vast majority of it, and it's all about AIDS and HIV vaccines. Yay! Now, recently, uh, I've been watching clips of uh, a film called House of Numbers, which I watched years and years and years and years and years ago. It was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. Uh, great documentary. And basically, it opened my eyes to the fact that HIV 
is considered a slew of different things in a slew of different countries. And in certain countries, it actually matters how you answer a questionnaire as to whether you have HIV and AIDS. That's a problem. And uh, the clips I was watching was of Carrie Mullis, who is no longer alive and I believe died in January of 2020, just as the COVID-1984 nightmare was starting to break out. And a lot of people talk about Mullis because he's the inventor of the PCR test. He was a huge critic of Fauci. But in this one in particular, he is talking about um, HIV and its isolation and whether or not HIV itself causes AIDS. Like, what, 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 what is the scientific paper where I can point to this? And he actually talks about Dr. Luc Montier, who recently passed away, but was the person uh, who was going around talking about the fact that they had found elements of uh, HIV, a certain protein in the AC, ACE3 receptor in the furin cleavage site. And it was clearly there. And this showed him uh, what, that this was an engineered virus. Basically, he said that Montier, in, on uh, I think two different occasions, was unable to provide him with the scientific data that said HIV causes AIDS. Big problem. So then you ask yourself, well, what role is misdiagnosis playing in that quote-unquote epidemic because i know that a misdiagnosis via covid 1984 when they tell you that the flu disappeared was a real thing or that pneumonia didn't exist that's a real thing <clears throat> so food for thought uh we're talking gates and i want to show this clip because gates just can't get away from his relationship with jeffrey epstein whether or not he's doing reddit amas or whether or not he's going on foreign television. Now, one of the issues that's dogged you is, is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm, I mean, this is, you're going way back in mm -hmm. time, but yeah. I, New audience. I will say for the, you know, oh, over a hundred times, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Um, Epstein had a way of sexually compromising people. Is that what Melinda was warning you about? No. I mean, it, it's, no, I, I had dinner with him uh, and that's all. And that you regret the relationship, the acquaintance? That I had dinner with him. Mm. <laughs> Look at him looking over to the side that I had dinner with him. It's just dinner. We only, here, let, let's go back to that one. We're gonna have to, it's just dinner. Look at him look to the side. Yeah, you know, I regret I had dinner with him. That you regret the relationship, the acquaintance. That I had dinner with him. Mm. Both sides, right, then left, right, then left. And, and the relationship between the foundation and Epstein, which There was... never was any relationship of any kind. Um... <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. And that, that makes us have to go for a rewind. You know, we got to go for a rewind. Here we go. Oh, did that not want to start up? It was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? So again, all of them are whitewashing the idea that they had a relationship pre-2000 in business prior to this meetings for his foundation, et cetera, or 
meetings for global health, all that. All that still gets whitewashed. But you know, Gates, he's not happy that he's being asked these questions constantly. Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people he said, you know, would give to global health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were, were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he purported and I cut them off. You know, that goes back a long time ago now. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years. No, 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 several. Now, oh, it seems it seems maybe a couple of decades. Forget about several years. It seems like a couple of decades. Just want to point that, or at least a decade plus relationship. And that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? Well. And, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Uh, yeah, no, I've written dinners and uh, nothing new. I've reg I regret it. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else? Look at that. <laughs> I mean, that's like literally cartoon level, a cartoon level grimace of unhappy. When somebody who thinks like they're the man that they're like hyper God level, untouchable, making decisions that a commoner dare ask these questions. And look, his response here is, is the most telling of all. It really is. Looking looking at this. Well, he's dead. So uh... you notice that was his most like off the cuff right away response. Oh, well, he's dead. So yeah, like, hey, yeah, look what happened to him. He's a dead guy. Uh you know, in general, you always have to be careful. <laughs> and there's the smirkle. You better be careful because guys like Epstein end up dead. <laughs> Old and went from grimace to smirkle. Uh, and, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy, very proud of the work of the foundation. Uh, yeah, no, philanthropy and the foundation. Well, he's dead. For you, for... Anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, and you know, the, you know, I'm I'm very proud of what we've done in philanthropy. Very proud of the work of the foundation. I mean, this guy's proud to curb overpopulation and try to take you to a net zero world. He's proud of that. Okay, he's proud that he has the uh, the military's backing. All right. When they are telling you, again, this is mainstream, majority of Americans vaccinated with new Omicron COVID shot are not protected against falling ill with the latest XBB 1.5 variant, despite U.S. paying five billion for the new the hate and lie shots. Again, never, ever, 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 ever was designed to do anything good for you. Not even a little bit. All Defense Department driven. And all with the ability just to lie their face off to you. Lie their face off to you. The whole thing military driven. In fact, let, let's go to it. Operation Warp Speed, planning the dis distribution of the future.
COVID-1984 vaccine. See, this is when they were gearing you up for all the hate and lies, everybody. Now, David Martin on assignment for 60 Minutes. While the rest of the country has been counting votes, an Army general named Gus Perna has been counting doses of vaccine. He's in charge of Operation Warp Speed, the catchy title given to the crash program to inoculate 300 million Americans against the coronavirus. By the catchy title. They wanted 300 million of you. They wanted you all. They wanted everybody. By next spring. For those of you longing to reclaim a semblance of your previous life, it may not seem all that speedy, but it is compared to the five to 10 years it usually takes to field a new vaccine. Once approved, it will not be a silver bullet. Just as with the annual flu shot, some of us will still get sick, but it should make enough people immune so that the virus runs out of places to go. So again, they were prepping you then to let you know that this wasn't going to stop it and you could still get sick. Because even then they knew that you inject yourself with one of these bioweapons, you're going to get sick. You inject it again, you're going to get sick. Oh, well, let's talk about an annual type flu shot. This is in November of 2020. That's when they were, they were telling you, were you listening? That would give this country what it badly needs right now. A shot in the arm. Gross. The story will continue in a moment. Gross. Black screen. So if this distribution of vaccines doesn't go according to plan, where does the buck stop? Me. Conversation's over. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Me. I hold myself 100% personally accountable to that end. After a career as an Army supply officer, General Gus Perna was two months away from retirement when President Trump tapped him last May to lead Operation Warp Speed. Again, Trump and Warp Speed, peanut butter and jelly, still still won't come back and, and dis disavow it. Still not telling you the truth there. Till, still telling you the hate and lies shot's great. 60 Minutes went into his operations center where the plan to get the vaccine out to 300 million Americans is being orchestrated by military specialists brought in from across the country. We literally built the team, this collaboration as we were going. There was no doctrine. There was no strategy. There was no structure of people to this end. That's also a lie. That is absolutely 100% a lie. There were plenty of Blue, uh, blueprints. There uh, was the ADEPT program, the ADEPT prep program by DARPA in conjunction with Moderna. So, you know, you're a liar. It was absolutely in place. Berner tracks progress in what he calls deep dives. All right, let's go. With leaders from the military and the Department of Health and Human Services. And he does not want to hear happy talk. It's not about you know, a uh, facade of everything is good. Uh, we need to understand what is not right and we need to get it right. He works out of a nondescript Washington office with yeah, none of the trappings know, that uh, usually go with four stars. You know, these are all the meetings that I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. I'm already up to number eight <laughs> with you. Bernard describes himself as a hardworking B student 
on a steep learning curve to master the jargon of the pharmaceutical industry. So I've uncovered one of your dirty little secrets here. You got a cheat sheet. I do. Over here. I do. <laughs> one of your dirty little secrets that you know what they might actually be referring to. There's nothing dirty about that. I mean, again, he's an everyman. He's a B student. He loves you. The Defense Department loves you. This is all the drug jargon. It is. I started five notebooks of things. Um, I listen every day uh, to what's being said, and then I spend a good part of my evening Googling these words oh. so that I can participate um, preferably at an intellectual level, um, but at least in an understanding. See, that guy's there. He talks about how he doesn't need yes men on the inside, doesn't need happy talk. He is the yes man. All right. He, he, he's basically to go along with whatever these people tell him that he doesn't even understand, admittedly. He's the one signing off. It's like a built-in plausible deniability. You just keep claiming ignorance. On his whiteboard is one possible scenario. The all-important approval by the Food and Drug Administration of a vaccine developed by Pfizer, followed by approval of another from Moderna. Pfizer and Moderna, part of the mRNA strategic collaboration. Yeah. What is D-Day? The day that we deliver the first round of vaccine uh, for Pfizer. That's when it would start to get complicated because if approved, the Pfizer vaccine will require patients to receive two separate shots, 21 days apart. So here again, they're, they're gearing up and letting you know multiple shots. They're telling you it's going to be like a flu shot after. Here's the two. Uh, again, all the way back in April 2020, Bill Gates, party boy, was telling you the same thing. Two, three shots, then maybe every six months, every year, et cetera. We know it's a two-dose vaccine, so we want to ensure that we can manage the, the delivery of the first dose and ensure the delivery of the second dose uh, while we simultaneously integrate new rounds of doses being delivered to the American people. On top of that, the Pfizer vaccine, which could be ready next month, has to be kept very cold until it is used. Basically minus 80 degrees Celsius, which is 94 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Very cold. Paul Ostrowski is a West Point graduate who retired from the Army this summer and became Perna's civilian deputy. We have to make sure that we send that particular vaccine to the right places that either have that capacity or the ability to do the dry ice uh, that we'll need in order to keep it cold. In the Warp Speed Operations Center, Marion Wicker, who came from making tanks for the Army, showed us the go-no-go -no -go board for what parts of the country are ready to handle an ultra-cold vaccine. So, so there you go. You know, we're, we're distributing it around. It's got to be ultra cold. I, I, I deal in tanks. We'll put the tank lady in charge of the distribution. You know, the tank lady. Virgin Islands has already reported in that they don't have ultra cold freezers. That's okay. And that they don't have an ability to dry ice. But what we do know is that we can very quickly move dry ice from Puerto Rico. The more I hear you talk, the bigger this operation gets. Absolutely, sir. It's not just delivering vaccine. We wish it was that easy. This country did not do a good job of containing the virus. Why should we expect you to do a good job of distributing a vaccine? Because we've learned from the past and we're hopefully going to do a heck of a lot better job this time.
Just, we're hopefully going to do a heck of a lot better job. And by the way, the reason that we failed on the other thing is because we were getting ready to inject you from the beginning. This is actually a uh, biological, psychological war on humanity, sir. And we are kicking ass and taking names. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. And you're helping. Thank you. Thank you. When you parade around uh, this base with a mask and placate to us, and tell people how great it's going to be and how it's going to be a shot in the arm. You're helping. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> are you ready to go if a uh, vaccine is approved tomorrow? Yes, we are. What's the first order you're going to give? It's a simple command of execute. Execute. So once you say execute, how fast does it get out there? I mean, think about that. The terminology, execute. Execute. Huh. Well, they executed their plan, and I feel like a lot of people have been executed because of it. Execute. Lovely. Within 24 hours. Do you have doses of vaccine already stockpiled? Yes, we do. How many do you have stockpiled? I'm holding on to that number right now because I want to not create anxiety, and we need to work through the details. A month from now, I'll have more. Operation Warp Speed is also stockpiling kits of the needles, syringes, and alcohol swabs needed to give the shot. The medical distribution company McKesson says it already has produced enough kits for 88 million shots. The idea is the kit will marry up with the vaccine and they will go together as one package to provide that capability to an administration site. An administration site. You want to know what were administration sites in New York City? Let me just show you. Military vaccinates people in New York City on the street. They didn't ask for anything. Okay? I mean, <laughs> just unreal. Tell, tell me I'm not going to be able to find that. Let's see. Uh, Mayor Adams, no, that's pandemic response. This was during Cuomo. All right. Um, I mean, they were deployed to the streets. Um, let's see. Military personnel. Uh, in New York City on the street, vaccinating against COVID. You know, I, I, I hate this. Because, like, I, do they want to hide that? Okay. I mean, is that something that needs to be hidden? Because it doesn't seem to be what I can find here. And they were doing that during the Trump administration, I believe. Still in there. Let's go to DuckDuckGo because we do it live. We do it live. And I want to thank everybody that's come over to the premium uh, version of the broadcast. Let's see. Army cuts more than... See, this is all the people that that leave. Maybe that's the big story, and it was. Safe searches off, videos. Man, I, I, I literally watched people taking shots on this. People were getting injected. Um, see, that's the rejection of the vaccine on the street, just walking down the street. Oh, you want a subway card? You want a burger voucher? We got it. In fact, Burma's Brigade, somebody send me some of those videos. Because this is a once-in-a-century pandemic, 
The vaccine is already being manufactured in bioreactors inside sterile facilities like this one at Emergent Biosolutions in Baltimore, even though it has not yet been approved by the FDA. Vice President Sean Kirk says it can take up to six weeks to produce a single batch. And they knew it was getting approved. They knew this thing was fast-tracked. They knew it was too big to fail because it's a military operation. It then leaves here and moves to another facility where it gets filled into the final vial presentation you're used to seeing when you're getting a vaccination at the clinic. Emergent is shipping most of that vaccine to what's known as a fill-finish line, run by a company called Catalent and its chief commercial officer, Karen Flynn. You're basically the bottling plant for <laughs> vaccines. That's correct. And it's a very sophisticated operation. One of Catalin's lines can bottle up to 400 vials a minute, with each vial containing five to 10 doses. The situation that we're facing right now is just uh, what we call the need for speed. How many ships are you running right now? We are running 24-7. Uh, seven days a week. And, uh, you know, really, it's an all-out effort to uh, keep the lines running. It's a military operation to continually produce bioweapons we are going to inject into the public at a rapid fashion. Are you worried about the security of the stockpiles? We have taken uh, extraordinary precaution in this area, not only for maybe some nefarious effort, but also natural hurricane tornado, et cetera, right? It's such a uh, commodity to us. We're taking the full steps to make sure that the vaccine is secure. Armed guards? Yes. Armed guards at sites where the vaccine is stockpiled? Yes. Once it starts moving, whether on a truck or a plane, is it going to be under guard? Yes. That's as far as I'm going to talk about it, though. Right, because that's as far as I'm gonna talk about it though. I got four stars. I'm a B student, huh? We're we're pumping them up. We're pumping them up. We're pumping them out. You don't want to lay out all the plans, but the answer is yes. Most of the vials will be shipped by the same companies that deliver packages to our homes every day. We're prepared to deliver to every zip code in this country. Richard. See, this is the public-private partnership. This is what they drill in Event 201. This is the outward techno-fascism. All right. This is eventually what ESG is going to be, right? The, the good companies that do business with the big corporations in the Defense Department. You know, that that's it. Smith runs FedEx Express in the U.S., which is already operating at peak volume to handle the surge in online shopping caused by the pandemic. You've got another peak coming because of Christmas, and you've got another peak on top of that because that's when we expect the vaccine Correct. to start being distributed. And yet I'm still sleeping at night. But you've got to have concerns. Well, I'd be crazy if I, if, you know, if I didn't say that this was a Herculean effort and didn't recognize how monumental it is and may yet be. Will you be able to track all the moving parts? Yes. I feel 100% confident of that. Yes. All the moving parts. We are distributing these and people will take them. The only moving part that was a challenge were those that weren't under the spell that were paying attention to being like, wait a minute, this doesn't stop transmission. Well, wait a minute, this is being defense department run. Uh, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're saying people are gonna lose their jobs if they don't take it. Wait a minute, 
the natural immunity doesn't exist anymore. You're not going to actually give people exemptions that had the what is going on here? What is going on here? Will you be able to bang your fist on the table and say what happened to that shipment that was going to Good Samaritan Hospital in Baltimore? Yes. And not only that, I'll know after it gets there how fast they're administering the doses that they were given. Perna's ability to do that depends on a software program called Tiberius, which is supposed to link databases from across the government and the shipping companies into one unified picture that everyone can see. You can turn on where your hospitals are, where your pharmacies, your nursing homes, and where all of your enrolled providers are inside that, inside that jurisdiction. But when Deacon Maddox, a newly retired Army colonel, briefed Perna on how ready Tiberius is for D-Day, this capability didn't exist two months ago. D-Day. Bullshit. The software might not have existed. All right. The objective might not have existed, but it didn't just come out of nowhere in two months. So <laughs> there's some things that we need to work through. Deacon Maddox warned that once the vaccine starts flowing, the amount of data Tiberius has to keep track of will multiply. What we're doing right now to get ready for the first dose is the easy part. When you get into the subsequent doses, that's when this gets really hard. Now, again, notice they played it up like it was going to be two. This guy knows damn well it ain't two. The subsequent doses. So, again, if you were paying attention, you knew it was going to be one. You knew it wasn't going to be two. You knew it was going to be perpetual hate and lies. A defense department driven program. Uh, I'm going to give a, a very uh, quick um, briefing. Wow. Just over 150 miles up I-95, in a room papered with urgent to-do lists, New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichelli and her task force will be faced with distributing the vaccine in the midst of a grim new wave of the virus. Today we're reporting 2,472 new cases. A grim, remember it was always a grim new wave. Remember it was going to be, what, a winter severe illness and death for all those that didn't bend the knee to the defense department talking points and the defense department bioweapons and the hate and lies that's the highest we have been since our march uh april surge my biggest fear is that we're dealing with a surge in our hospitals in our emergency rooms uh at the same time that we're trying to vaccinate. And the hospitals will have to spend their time taking care of people. And that will impact the staffing of uh, vaccine sites within our hospitals, which we rely on. In New Jersey All alone, bullshit. the goal is to vaccinate 4.7 million people, beginning with healthcare workers. We've set a very aspirational goal of 70% of the adult population being vaccinated within six months. So depending on how many vaccination sites we have, we might be vaccinating between 60 and 80,000 individuals a day in New Jersey. Has uh, Operation Warp Speed given you any indication of how many doses of vaccine you're going to get? The assumption is about 100,000. If it's a two-dose regimen, that will be separated into two doses. So it would be uh, 50,000 individuals. And how many people do you have in that high-priority healthcare worker category? 500,000. 
you're not even close. No, no. Didn't stop him from mandating it. Didn't stop him from scaling it up via CureVac and Tesla. Didn't stop the hate and the lies. And plenty of it. Plenty of it. Uh, one more big story I wanted to hit up before we wrap up the show. Artificial intelligence could kill off the human race and make mankind extinct. MPs are warned. Wow. No kidding. Experts from Oxford University said that when AI eventually becomes more intelligent than us, it is likely to pose as great a threat to mankind uh, did to the dodo. And even Bushnell talks about how uh, benevolent AI may be impossible, yet they are trucking forward. Why? Because artificial intelligence is a tool, is a tool of not only warfare, but to empower a very small sector of humanity. It could be empowering the vast majority of us, which is what they continually try to sell us on, that that is the way and that's what's actually going to happen. But if we've seen how many of these technologies have panned out, played out, especially when you talk about genetically modified organisms in food, when you talk about uh, genetically modified organisms now, what, in our animals? When you talk about mRNA and the hate and lie shot, when you talk about geoengineering, I don't know. I don't trust these people. And I don't trust Bill Gates. Call me kooky. Call me wild. Tomorrow, we have uh, the gentleman that has now been debanked over in Canada, who's part of the... Uh, Truckers Convoy, Jeremy from Canada, will be joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about how court went today. I was trying to get him on today, but he had court in the morning, wasn't able to do it. That's going to be an exciting broadcast. I do want to remind everybody, if you are new to RVM or, or you just came over, you got the premium, I did a great roundtable discussion uh, with several other of the RVM uh, contributors, including uh, Ray Dietrich, Alicia Powell, um, Drew Berquist, and I forget the other gentleman's name, I apologize, uh, but we had a really great discussion. We're going to be doing that at least once a month. Uh, I'm excited about that. I would like to remind everybody I'm a documentary filmmaker, Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, and Shade the Motion Picture are free right here, right now. Learn about 9-11. Find out what uh, a, a New World Order really means, and then check out the aspects of geoengineering, bioengineering that nobody else will talk about in my picture from a decade ago now, almost a decade, It'd be a decade in April, time flies, that's how we do it. We will be back live again tomorrow morning, bright and early tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, it is Reality Rants, I am Jason Burmis, this is Red Voice Media, it is not about left or right, it's always about right and wrong to me, I absolutely love you guys, and I will see you on the flip side.